0: How you doing, Rock family? How you doing, Rock family? Happy Sunday! Uh, if you just joined us, my name is Miles McPherson, Pastor of the Rock Church, and we want to welcome you to church today. And as I said earlier, we're meeting at our campuses live Sunday morning. Um, and next week we are starting a series called "Red or Blue: What Would Jesus Do?" And so I'm not going to get into all what it's about, but I pray that it perks your interest. And as we go into the election, that you would come to that series with an open heart to what God is going to show you about his kingdom and the kingdom of man and how you should approach this election. And uh, don't read any more into it than that. Any more into it than that. So listen, let's uh, let's get on our knees and pray. Uh, because Lord knows we all need it. Our country needs it. Uh, our families need it. We need it. And I, I want to encourage you... Especially in this season, we just finished a series called Difference Maker. We just finished a series called uh, Difference Maker to talk about how to be a disciple of Jesus, not a disciple of this world. I, I just seen so many people getting dragged down into the minutia of the kingdom of man when we speak, we need to live as citizens of heaven. So my prayer is, as today as we take communion. That God would renew your spirit and renew your fire for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your love for us. And Lord, I pray, especially during this tense, divisive season in our history, that you would encourage the believers, your believers, your disciples. To be kingdom of God minded. And I pray as we take communion today that you would fill our hearts with your presence, stir our hearts with a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Get your Bibles out, get your Bibles out. Uh, Let your Bibles up and say, Word on the count of three, one, two, three, say, Word, Word. Let's turn to First Corinthians, chapter eleven. First Corinthians, chapter eleven, and hit the share button, please, and share this with your friends. Again, we're going to take communion today. So I want to show you, get your mind into this. We're going to take communion today, and I hope that in your house you have something to take communion with—some kind of fruit of the vine, some kind of bread, crack, or whatever. Um, because we are going to consecrate this to God. Don't worry about if it's bread or crackers or whatever. But just get a couple of fruit. You can get, you can get, you can get some fruit, some grapes or whatever um, for your juice. Um, but I want you to prepare not only your table, but your heart for what the Holy Spirit's gonna do. Because I've been praying for you and this service that the Spirit of God would settle you, that the Spirit of God would settle you with this service and this communion. As we go into this next series and this next season of intense division, we are in the midst of a very intense spiritual battle in our culture here in the United States. Uh, we have the race, racism, racial division, we have the pandemic, we have all the people losing their jobs and their savings. It is an all-out assault of division. And we have to, as the people of God, have to represent unity. We have to represent the kingdom of God and not get dragged down into literally the politics and being politically correct in the kingdom of man. And so I pray that today as we take communion, that the Spirit of God will be able to release you, to let go of all this rhetoric that is dividing us. I have a question for you. If during every holiday season, all of our families, and this is global and every culture has a different form of this. But every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, especially Thanksgiving, our families get together and we share a meal. And one of the great things about Thanksgiving is that everybody brings their... uh, their dish, you know, their sweet potato pie, or whatever, their, their chicken, their, their, their uh, salad, whatever they make. Everyone's got their specialty, their lasagna, everyone's got their little specialty. And you have basically a potluck. And all the food's out and everybody shares the food. I mean, barbecues are similar. People do the same thing with barbecue. But Thanksgiving is that time. And Christmas is very similar where we celebrate. And acknowledge our family and our family unity. It's the time we put down all the hatchet and we say let's celebrate together and come together and be reminded that we are family. As we take communion, uh, one of the features of communion is the fact that it unites us. Communion unites us to three things that I want to talk about today. It unites God's people with God's purpose. (laughs) It unites us with God's purpose. It unites us with God's presence. And it unites us with God's people. In this passage I'm going to read, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the context is that Paul is writing to a church that has a lot of division in it. And right before this passage where he writes about communion... He writes about how the church was coming together to eat. But what was going on was that some of the people that were bringing the food were coming early to the meal and eating it by themselves before the poor people who didn't come came. And so it wasn't a matter of everybody bringing the food together to eat together, which was the custom. They were coming early and eating their food before the poor could get it. And there was actually division. There was division in the church in general, but there was also division in their coming together as a church for a meal. I want you to imagine you have Thanksgiving, and some of your family come early with their food, and they got all this, the trappings for their meal, and they eat it before everybody else comes. How whack would that be? This is what was going on. And so Paul talks about that in, in chapter 11, right before we're gonna read this. He, he kind of chastised them and said, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be you being united around the meal because the purpose of the meal was to bring unity. And then he writes this. In chapter 11, verse 23, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, And said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim body When we come together today we are coming together to not only to acknowledge what God has done but the act of taking communion together is going to unite us. Number 1, communion unites God's people with God's purposes. 1 Corinthians 11:23 For I received From the Lord, that which I delivered to you. This is what Paul said that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took the bread. We're going to take bread here in a minute. He took the bread and he broke it and gave thanks and said, Take, eat. This is my body which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. One of the things that we are saying collectively. As I take communion here and as you take communion in your house, and there are people all over the world watching this who are going to take communion with us, that as we take that bread, which we are in here in a few minutes, and we break it and consecrate it, Jesus saying, take ye, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. One of the things we're remembering is that his body was broken for us that we might be saved. That he came and lived 33 years of a life of selflessness, self-sacrifice. And we are united with the purpose of God. We are saying, God, we get what you did on our behalf. Listen, the Bible says that no greater love that a man could have for another man, a woman can have for another woman, unless they die for someone. Jesus displayed the greatest act of love for us. By dying for us on the cross and allowing sinful man to break him, whip him, nail him to the tree, put thorns in his head, whip his back, hit him with rods, spit in his face, pull out his beard, slap him. I can go on and on and on and on and then nail him there. He said, take this and do this and remember to me. Do this and remember that this is all about (laughs) the purpose of giving my life for you that you now will give your life. Because the servant is not greater than the master. And when we take that bread and we take that juice and we take communion, we are saying to God, God, the purpose of you dying, I agree. I'm united with. I am joined with you for your purpose that you died for me and rose from the dead and that I now need to surrender my life to you and walk in harmony with you and share the good news of the gospel. That's the purpose. It's not some religious right where I just take it and now I'm good and I can do go about my business. No, as you died and gave your life, so I must die to myself. We saw a couple weeks ago, or last week, how Jesus, right before this happened, he washed his disciples' feet. And he says, As you have seen me do, I want you to do. My purpose is to be a servant of the Father, just like Jesus came, not to do his will, but to do the will of the Father and to expand the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man. The reason this. This message is so important. This part of the message is because, especially now, and as our culture is so divided, you feel like you have to pick one side against the other—Republican or Democrat, Black or White, or or for or against the police—and all this division in our culture. God says, "Well, your purpose is to represent Me. Your purpose is to love Me. Your purpose is to love your neighbor. That's your purpose. And and communion." This has to remind us of our purpose. Our purpose is to represent the King and to be a citizen of heaven and not be dragged down to be so focused on being a citizen of this earth that we forget where we really belong and who we belong to. Number two, communion unites God's people with God's presence. He said, this is my body and this is my blood. When we take communion, there's a living contact <laughs> with the body of God. With the presence of God. <laughs> this is my body and this is my blood. First uh, Corinthians 11:25. 25. He said, in this manner he took the cup. He took the cup. And he said After supper, take this. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. In the old covenant, you got to come into the presence of God by obeying the law, which no one could do perfectly, but they tried and they sacrificed animals, and they did all these rituals to try to come into the presence of God. And most of them were scared of the presence of God. So they were watching the priest do it. In the Old Testament, you had to jump through all these hoops. Jesus said, No, no, no. This is the new covenant. You all have access. My sinless blood gives you access to my presence. Every single one of you. Here's the cool thing. It doesn't matter who you are, It doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how you think. As long as you ask Christ to be your savior and cleanse you. His sinless blood cleanse you from your sin. You have access to his presence. You also have access to his presence because you are partaking of his body and his blood. As he consecrated the bread and in Jesus' case the wine. And said, do this in remembrance of me. And he said, this is my body. This is my blood. You have living contact with the presence of God. As you partake. And the presence of God where you are is the same as the presence of God where I am. So we are all partaking of the presence of God together. And that leads me to point number three. Communion unites God's people with God's people. In other words, hey, when I take this, I am saying, Jesus died for my sin and rose from the dead and I am his servant. Jesus' blood cleansed me of my sin and I am his servant. Jesus' body who was broken and his blood that was shed made way for me to be saved and walk in in partnership, in submission to my Lord and Savior, just like it enables you to walk in partnership and submission to our Lord and Savior, who, from whom we get all of our purpose, from whom we are all knit together, from whom we are all submitted and worshiped. God, communion reminds us that we are all united in purpose. We are all united in the presence of God right now where you're at. That you are my brother, you are my sister. It's not us first them. And what Paul was saying to the Corinthians, he's like, "Look, you guys have all these factions. In the body of Christ. How can the body be divided? If a body is divided, it cannot stand? And when you come to communion, you are saying, we're putting all that behind us. Don't come to communion. And eat your little meal over here by yourself, and eat your little meal over here by yourself. No, no. We come to communion and say we all worship God. We all submit to God. We are all in His presence. We all bow in His presence to one God. And so, number three, he says, communion invites, unites us to God's people. 1 Corinthians 11:27. The question is, are you? One of God's people. You are not one of God's people because you were just born in America. You're not one of God's people because you feel like you're a good person. You're one of God's people because you have asked Christ's blood to forgive you of your sin. You've given your life to Jesus. He says in verse 27 Therefore, whoever eats this bread, who? Whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup, Of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. If you take this in an unworthy manner, you have ought against your brother. You've never asked Christ to be your Savior. You take it in an unworthy manner. When we come to take the bread, we're saying, Jesus, I I want living contact with your body, I want cleansing. The cleansing power of the blood of Jesus in my heart. So I want to come here and first say, make sure that I have accepted the invitation into a relationship with Jesus. If you have never asked Christ to be your Savior, do not take communion until you do and we'll give you that opportunity. So we're going to not only invite you to take communion, we're going to invite you to a relationship so you can take it in a worthy manner. Acknowledging that it represents The purpose of God, the presence of God and the unity of the people of God. Look what it says in chapter 11 verse 27. Therefore whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood. But let each man examine himself and so let each eat the bread and drink the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. In a minute, we're going to give you an opportunity to ask Christ to forgive you. To acknowledge that he died for you. He shed his sinless blood for you. And before you take this, that you would say, Lord, I acknowledge that you died for me because I was a sinner. I'm a sinner. The Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I acknowledge that you rose from the dead. And that you are offering me by faith eternal salvation because of your grace, your unmerited favor. For by grace I can be saved. Only by grace, not by works. Lest I boast about my goodness. And so if you realize that you are a sinner, you realize that the penalty of your sin is death and that Jesus died that death in your place. And as we take this, we are being reminded of his death. We are being reminded of access into his presence. We are being reminded of the unity we have with all the saints. That we come to it in a worthy manner, humble. With a... A heart mourning over our sin. So in a minute we're going to pray. And I'm going to pray one prayer for two groups. All of you who have asked Christ to be your Savior. That you would take communion but you would first ask God to forgive you for all your garbage. Don't come here with your garbage. You're walking into the presence of God. You can't come to the presence of God with angst against your brother saying you hate your brother that you see but you, can't, you love God you can't see. Uh. You come and say, Lord, I, I got issues I got to ask for forgiveness for that I have to let go. Not for the moment but for good. So I'm going to pray a prayer and lead you in a prayer of forgiveness for all of y'all who are believers but you still got issues. You got issue against this person, this person, this person. Don't take communion in an unworthy manner, where you're bringing all your garbage and then saying, "God, I love you, I forgive you." I mean, I love you and I honor you, but you got issue with your brother or your sister. So first, you have to say, "Lord, forgive me," and let that forgiveness go deep. Let's not do this at a, a ritual. Let's enter the presence of God. So that's the first group. The other group. Some of you have never asked Christ to be your Savior. You don't want to take this until you do. We're going to give you that opportunity. It's going to be the same prayer. Simple prayer of asking God, acknowledging that we have sin. Acknowledging that he died and rose from the dead for our sin. And asking him to forgive us. If you're saved, just pray the prayer. You know what it's for. It's for your sin that you're carrying. Your unforgiveness, your bitterness, your anger, your resentment. Your jealousy, your envy. Don't bring that here. But God can wipe it clean. So I'm going to pray a prayer and then we're going to take communion. And so I'm going to ask everybody where you're at, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. And Lord, there are so many people all over the world watching in their apartment In their house, someone else's house, and they're getting ready to take communion. But I pray that you would remind them that doing this unites them with your purpose, that we would build the kingdom of God. It unites them with your presence, that you are there with them, and there's going to be living, organic contact. With the presence of God. Life changing, transforming contact with the presence of God. And it unites us with each other. We are all one family. So, as I lead us in this prayer, if you have something you need God to forgive you of so you can take communion in a worthy manner, pray this prayer. If you have never asked Christ to be your Savior and you would like, to ask him to forgive you so you can take this in a worthy manner. Pray the same prayer. Pray this prayer with me as we take, prepare to take communion. Pray in your heart, dear God, I am a sinner. I harvest sin in my heart. And I know it breaks your heart. But I believe that you died on the cross for me. And you rose from the dead. And you shed your sinless blood to cleanse me of my sin. Forgive me and cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. So I confess my sin to you. I ask you to cleanse my heart. Purify my thoughts. Fill me with the spirit of God. A spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. I surrender my life to your purpose. I submit to your presence. And I commit to loving your people. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. It's in your name we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for salvation, you can hit the raise your hand button or text SAVE to 52525. We want to help you in your next step. But now let's take communion, let me read this to you again. 1 Corinthians eleven, twenty-three. 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take your bread or your crack or whatever it is you have. And break it and be reminded that Jesus' body was broken for you. Lord, we consecrate this bread, set it aside to be taken in remembrance of what you have done for us. And we thank you for your sacrifice, for your love, for your grace. We take this in Jesus' name, amen. In verse 25, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do is as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus shed his sinless blood to pay for our sin. That means you don't have to do it anymore. <clears throat> you don't have to gossip. <clears throat> you don't have to lie. You don't have to whole harbor bitterness. You don't. He set you free. Lord, we thank you for the freedom you have given us. We thank you for your love. And we take this acknowledging that we have been cleansed. May we walk in that newness of life. Not as the old man, but as a renewed new man. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I thank you for what you have done for us. Thank you for what you do for us every day. I thank you for what you are doing right now. And I pray for every person watching that you would bless them with your presence. <coughs> that they would sense your presence in such a tangible way. <coughs> That they would make a decision to change and submit to you, to walk in forgiveness, <clears throat> to walk in grace. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. See you next week.